Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. Good morning, family. I'm so glad to see you all this morning that uh, you went through the darkness of the rain to come and worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Today, it's our Celebration Sunday, so I'm going to speak only for 10 minutes, and then we're going to have testimonies. So gear yourself up for testimonies. And I also want to say, Happy Palm Sunday. All right, I need to explain to some of you who, what Palm Sunday is. Palm Sunday is a Sunday where Jesus walked into Jerusalem leading up to this holy week that we're going into, and he was welcomed as the king in Jerusalem. And when he left Jerusalem, he left as the king who died on the cross for our sins. So Palm Sunday is very significant. I know that those who come from traditional church backgrounds, you were considering to bring your leaves, uh, your palm branches, my kids go to a Catholic school right now, so yesterday we were discussing whether we're bringing our leaves and palm branches to church, you know, so uh, we're still working on it. Uh, some of you have been concerned uh, on behalf of my family because you haven't seen Lindy at church for the last three weeks. Today is the fourth Sunday, and uh, I just want you to know she's well, except that she fell on our stairs and br- not broke, fractured her left ankle. So currently she's on a moon boot, she's on crutches, uh, she's not able to drive, so we will appreciate your continued prayers and strength so that she can be able to recover soon and we'll be able to see her here at church. Amen. I also want to say, in the last four weeks, I have an appreciation of what mothers do. Because I've been mom and pop for the last four weeks. And guess what? I want to describe this so you understand why I'm so tired right now. Greg, imagine me doing a Zoom call, going to fetch the kids from school. And between fetching kids from school and dropping them at extra murals, taking naps in the car, it's really been crazy. (laughs) So I'm already planning for Mother's Day. Mothers, we have to celebrate you. You're amazing. You are amazing. As much as I have my own duties, I have my day when I have to prepare a meal, thanks to Uber Eats, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the Lord for, for, for what my wife gets to carry for our family. In the first service, I ask for grace. If you see our daughter's hair not looking so great, so you understand. We leave the house and say, you didn't brush your hair. So it's been my life in the last couple of weeks. The national state of disaster and lockdown has been upon us for the last 750 days. It was two full years that we've actually been under lockdown. The reason why we're seeing so much um, mental health issues and uh, the challenges we've been facing with mental health, I do believe is directly linked to the fact that we haven't had an experienced community the way we are meant to experience community, because healing happens in community. So today, why we do Celebration Sunday, we want to pause and thank God that we are alive. We want to pause and thank God that He has kept us through very, very challenging uh, season that we are just coming out of. 
We remember those who have passed away, and we do that reminding ourselves that even through it all, God is faithful. He who promised is faithful. God is faithful. And the testimonies you're going to hear, it's about God's faithfulness. And we encourage you to continue sharing your testimonies. Send your testimonies from your connect group so we can share with one another because testimonies build faith. And for those online, we encourage you to also share your testimonies uh, on the chat group so we can be able to build our faith. The Bible says they overcame him through the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And the song we sang today, we are winning. We are winning because Christ is with us. Amen. So I want to read a scripture, make a few comments, and then I'll uh, hand over to Quentin to do the facilitation for us for the testimonies. Luke chapter 17, I'm reading from verse 11 to 19. The story of the 10 lepers who were healed by Jesus gives us the reason why it is important to have an attitude of gratitude. So we read from verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered the village, he was met with 10 lepers Notice as he entered the village, they were outside the village, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Next slide, please. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks, giving thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were not the ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The Lord bless the reading of his word. I want to make a few comments from the scripture to help us understand the importance of gratitude. The first comment I want to make is uh, Jesus coming into the city, into the village. He sees these 10 lepers at a distance, standing there, sitting there on a camp outside the city because lepers were not allowed to be in the city. They were not allowed to be amongst the people. Doesn't that sound familiar? By the way, lepers were supposed to quarantine themselves for seven days. Doesn't that sound familiar? If you have, COVID, if you have had COVID, you know what I'm talking about. When you have to stay home, locked down for 10 days before you go out. So there were two rules for lepers. They were supposed to stay outside the village or the city until they are cleansed, until they are healed. The second rule was they needed to present themselves to the priest that the priest can be able to say, you are clean now. You are no longer an outcast. You can come back into community. That's why Jesus said to them, go to the priest. Go show yourself to the priest. What amazes me the most with this portion of scripture is that they did not ask Jesus the question, no, 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 we are not healed. How can we go to the priest? They did not ask the questions like we do going to Dr. Google and saying, Jesus, what are we meant to do? They just obeyed and they went. As they went, they were cleansed. 
I want to submit this to you. Healing follows obedience. Healing follows obedience. When we obey the word of the Lord, healing will come. When we obey what God has said to us, healing will come. And maybe you're trusting God for healing. Listen carefully what he's saying to you today and follow what he's saying to you. Healing follows obedience. They did not ask many questions. They just said, we will go and present ourselves to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed. The second thing is, only one came and gave thanks. Look at the goodness of God in trying times when they were treated as outcasts, when they were out there, they were treated as those who don't fit into society. But look at how Jesus treats them. All of them were healed. Jesus knew that only one, I mean, Jesus was God. He knew that only one of them will come back to say thanks. But still, Jesus healed all of them. You know, the challenge I'm taking from this very verse is this. If I was Jesus, if you were Jesus, were you going to heal all of them? I'll leave you to answer that question yourself. Let's leave it there. Knowing that only one of them will come back. Um, Listen to this. I believe that an attitude of gratitude attracts miracles. An attitude of gratitude attracts miracles. Look at what Jesus said. Rise and go your way to the one. Your faith has made you well. What we don't realize here is Jesus set him free from religion. He didn't say go to the priest. He didn't say go offer an offering to the priest. He said from now on, your faith has made you well. You don't need religion anymore. You've been set free. You've been healed. But what troubles me is this, and I'm ending with this. The one who came back was a foreigner. I think Jesus was trying to make a strong point here. Look who is grateful. It is one who doesn't have an entitlement mentality. One who doesn't say, you know what? I'm a Jew. Jesus is a Jew. He, he has to heal me. It's the one who understands that, you know, it is by grace that we are saved. It is by grace that we are healed. It is by grace that we have all that we have. An attitude of gratitude attracts miracles. That is why Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. And you will hear from the testimonies we are going to share. I also want to say, as South Africans, I'm speaking specifically to South Africans who are born in South Africa, you carry a South African ID, I don't know how do you define yourself as a South African, we also struggle with entitlement mentality. And the way we treat foreigners, it's because of this entitlement mentality. If we have an attitude of gratitude, we realize that God has brought some people to our nation to care for them. As foreigners, as refugees, we need to care for them. We need to break this entitlement mentality. And I'm not saying that everything is perfect with foreigners because we need to deal with what we need to deal with, but we shouldn't treat foreigners the way we have treated them. For that, I want to say, I repent. We repent as South Africans for not treating foreigners well. Jesus is modeling to us. It was one foreigner who came who did not have an entitlement mentality to say thank you. What we're doing today, we pause. The last two years, God has carried us. There was a time when we took communion every single day as a family because we needed to 
raise the level of gratitude and say, we thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for us on the cross. And miracles followed after that. So many testimonies I can mention. I got some of these from Nzama and Nevilia's Connect group. Two of our Connect members were trusting God for jobs during the pandemic, during the pandemic and God provided jobs for them. We pause and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's not just those two. There's more. Roxanne's testimony is a long one, but I'll give you some highlights. Daughter born dead and resuscitated, died again three hours later and resuscitated again. I gave my life to Christ that evening as there were so many reasons my daughter was not supposed to be here, yet God made a way. Doctors said she will have mental issues, yet she bypassed all her milestones and she's super healthy and perfect. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Part of her testimony is how she had to resign because her work salary was cut off and uh, she had to start a business and as she started a business an online business she said her business is growing and I want to read this for you what she says I'm in total awe of what God is doing not just in business and finances but my relationship with my daughter and those around me when I felt like the enemy was attacking me and trying to take God's best for me I reminded myself of the lyrics of the song, Maverick City, some of you will know the song, Jaira, you are more than enough for me. Let's give God the praise. Thanks, Sai. I know some of you are saying, yeah, but Pastor Sai, you're just getting going. Let's, uh, let's continue. Uh, good, good news for you. We, we are going to continue, but slightly different this morning. So if you came to church, you thought you're going to sit back there, put your feet up, have your coffee, you know, and just... Uh, receive this morning, I've got some good news for you, that that's not what's going to happen this morning. And so we are going to be community, we're going to engage with each other, and so if you arrived at church and wonder why am I sitting where I'm sitting, is because God ordained you to sit where you're sitting, because you're going to connect with one or two people that are sitting around you this morning. So in keeping with protocols, we want you to Connect with one or two people around you this morning. So we've got some questions to help you. If you are new here this morning, don't feel pressure to share everything. You know, share what you feel comfortable sharing. If you're sitting at home and you thought, ah, this is just me, uh-uh, you're going to have to share with the person sitting next to you on the couch at home. And if you're watching alone, we've got some online presenters that are going to engage with you. And so please feel free to get your thumbs going and engaging. So we've got three questions we want you to ask. So yeah, are the three questions. The first question I want you to ask uh, your friends in a moment is, if you could choose to be in lockdown with three people, uh, from history, so it can be anybody in history, uh, present, alive, dead, who would be those three people you'd been locked down with? The second question, over the last two years, what has been the most difficult thing for you and what have you learned 
over the last two years? Because often our learning comes through those difficulties. And the third question is, what are you grateful for? When you look back over the two years, what are you grateful for? What has God done for you over the last two years? So while you're ruminating and thinking about this and your heart is pumping and you're thinking about, oh gosh, what am I about to do? Let me share with you who the three people I would want to be in lockdown with. Now, they're not particular people. They're types of people. So the first one is, I want to be in lockdown with a comedian so that I just lighten the load a little bit, right? And they can just tell me jokes while we... Um, no, 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 sorry, 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 we need to behave ourselves. So it would be a comedian. Um, I also want to be in lockdown with like a world-famous chef. Think of cook up some really great meals, right? So that's uh, who I'd want to be down in lockdown with. And finally, I want to be in lockdown with a really good percussionist musician, somebody that can play a bongo or an acoustic guitar. And I shared this with my beautiful wife. And then she said, it sounds like lockdown is all about you. And I was like, ah, oh. oh, I felt like a little bit uh, selfish in that. So um, I'm confessing that I probably need to relook at who I was going to be locked down with. And so can I ask you, uh, just get into groups of three or four, answer those questions. After those questions, we're going to have a number of people come and share testimonies. While you're sharing there, if somebody sh- says something to you, hits you, shayus you pagati, you know, hits you inside out and say, we're not the only people that need to hear that. Please come and chat to me. We'll see if we can create a spot for you to share a testimony this morning. If you're online and you hear something that's amazing, pop it on the chat. We'll make sure that we get some people to hear it in this auditorium. You have seven minutes to chat with somebody and answer those three questions. Remember, keep protocols. Don't hug them, kiss them. Just chat to them. Two or three people if you can.
You got one minute and then we're going to start wrapping up. One minute. I'm so sorry, I'm closing the chat room. You know, when you're on Zoom, you just press that button and the room uh, closes. So I am so sorry. I'm bringing your conversations to an end online. I hope, uh, I'm sorry if I'm interrupting. Sai, people don't want to stop. They're like, hey, this preacher I'm sitting next to, hey? Uh, people are saying, yo, this person can preach. They're going. Um, so I just want to say, wow. It seems like we've missed this opportunity just to be in community, right? Isn't it amazing just to sit and chat to somebody and hear of God's goodness and His faithfulness in our lives? And what I'm just struck by going, and I encourage you after the service, go and watch the online comments. They are just incredible around what people are sharing there, around God's goodness. And what I'm amazed about is sometimes the smallest things that God is doing incredible things in. And so I'm listening here, I'm seeing how people have lost loved ones, but seeing how amazing God has been through that, how God is providing people for jobs, how God has been close to them, how people are just feeling like the sense of community is absolutely incredible. And so I just want to say thank you for the online community, for being with us uh, this morning. And your comments will be here, and we can go back and look at that. So for our online community, thanks very much for doing that. We've got a couple of people in the auditorium that are going to share their testimony uh, with us this morning around God's goodness and faithfulness in their lives. And so, Rachel, we're going to ask you to come up uh, uh, first. The mic is over there for you, if you don't mind grabbing that. Um, and then we'll hear from a couple of people in our congregation around how God's... Please make Rachel feel uh, welcome. Uh, make her feel loved and... Uh... There we go. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rachel, as <laughs> it said. Okay, my testimony today, um, after talking to Pastor Sai, is like, you have to testify. <laughs> um, I have put it in some sequence because I felt um, the journey that I've walked, um, especially, you know, following the, the Bible and the principles in the Bible, when I read James um, 1 verse 22, it says, don't merely be listening, Say, don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. So I, asked, so I took James' advice and started doing what the word says. The first principle that I followed in the Bible was having faith. 
I resigned from my job in 2019 to pursue my business full-time, and little did I know 10 months later that a business will come to a standstill, where there was no revenue, nothing was happening in my business due to COVID. I am in the travel industry as a travel agent, and you know that was the most hit business out of all of them. So during the two years I, um, where there was no business and little money coming in, um, God took care of me. All my needs were provided for. My bond was paid. I had food in my house. Everything was there. I was not short of anything. Another thing that I started doing during lockdown um, is you know, to fill my time. So um, in the Bible it says that each you should give what you have. Decided in your heart um, to give, not reluctantly and under compulsion, but give with a cheerful heart. So I started doing um, food parcels for the poor, and um, I took from my business every month some money, and I would buy groceries, and my sisters and I would prepare meal packs. And we'd go around distributing these meal packs right from my area, driving through Rosebrand and into Johannesburg, giving away these meal packs. We started with 30 meal packs every month, and we distribute this meal pack. Every month, the meal packs started growing from 40 to 50, and then they started being 75 meal packs that we were distributing. This year, we, just, we exceeded 100 meal packs that we were preparing and we're giving out to the poor on the streets. But God says that he will provide. Um, while all this was happening, I would pray and I would say, Lord, this year if my business would just get to a million rand, I would be happy. So I would pray that every day and I would remember the word would say, ask, seek, and he will, you know, um, knock and the door will be open. So during this period, I also started bidding for a lot of government work. I would send packs through. I would bid for every travel contract um, tender that I would see online. And in June 2021, I think I had bidded for about 30 contracts. And I continued to bid and bid and bid, not knowing that on the 1st of September, I would receive a call from government, one of the government departments to say, Ms. Piri, you are a successful bidder for a contract for three months. So I didn't know how big this contract was. I didn't know what the volume of work is. And while I was still excited and, you know, screaming and like, praise God, praise God, the guy on the other end says to me that, hold your excitement, we need to make a booking right now as we speak to you. <laughs> so, so I held my excitement, took out my pen and started writing what he needed. But every day work started coming in. The work became so much that I had to employ people to assist me to carry out this three-month contract. Um, while we were busy with the contracts, we had to go and have, I had to go and have an opening meeting with him. But before I had the opening meeting with him, somebody from their office called me and accidentally told me that I was supposed to get a credit card to do the bookings. And I didn't know about the credit card. So when we went to, to the meeting, I asked um, your, I said to the guy that I think your volumes are very high and with such volumes that you have, I'm supposed to have a credit card to do this booking. And he says, yes, you're supposed to have the credit card. We will find out from the finance department about the credit card that you need to have to do the bookings for, for us. So 
while this was happening, I had spent of my own money, I think about 200,000, um, to, to, to get the work going. But, every, but at the meeting, they said to me that um, we can't give you the, the day. Two days later, they said to me, we can't give you the credit card because of their own political issues that they had inside the company. But what we promised to do, we promised that every week we will pay your invoices. Just submit your invoices to us and we will pay your invoices. I've never heard that from government. People say that government doesn't pay. But I'm telling you, when you have faith and you trust in God, and when he blesses you with something, he will give you the tools to make sure. I prayed for one million rand. But God blessed me. When I had come to the 31st of December at the end of that contract, that contract was worth six times the amount that I had prayed for. So, so God is faithful. God will be there for you if you're obedient to him. If you, God first wants us to act. When we act, like me doing everything that I was doing, I was acting to what God was telling to me to do, and I was obedient to his word. He wants us to have faith as well, and to affirm what we're believing in. I was praying for this million rand. Little did I know that he has something bigger for me in store. So Hebrews says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Have faith, believe in God, and what you are praying about. Give to God. Because when you give to God, you create a vacuum in your life. And when you create a vacuum in your life, God, who is the creator of everything, knows that he has to replace what you have given out. And when he replaces it, he does it tenfold. So have faith, believe, and trust in God. Hi, my name's uh, Lindsay, and I'm usually in the 12 o'clock service, but (laughs) yeah, the 10 o'clock. So just to give my testimony, and just to say I'm also in the travel industry, so guess what? (laughs) Um, So actually, my testimony starts a couple of months um, sort of into COVID, and I was working from home and things like that, but I realized that there was a bit of an issue in terms of my anxiety and my stress and, you know, just things were building and building and building. You kind of know that, you know, the, the normal amount when you're going through something and it's a bit difficult and there's a bit of stress and anxiety. But, but I realized that I was starting to climb into unhealthy levels and there was actually a problem that I was trying to deal with in terms of my anxiety and that. And it was really affecting the way I was making decisions and, and the way I was operating and dealing with people around me. And um, also with lockdown, feeling so cut off from community when I was a single person and on my own, and when my family's in KZN, you know, so it, it was it was a quite a difficult time for me. So during that time, um, it got to a point in August where I started realizing that I had a problem and I needed to deal with it. But God, in an an amazing way, um, brought me into contact with a pastor in Kempton Park who who really deals in in a ministry of deliverance and and that. And so um, through a friend of mine, I got to go and spend some time with him. And it was an amazing morning because it was so 
simple and so quick, but it was dealing with a root of fear in my life and an actual spirit of fear and being delivered from it and finding that incredible freedom and that deep peace that settled onto me and knowing that something significant had been dealt with in my heart and I had, I was, I had a new foundation of, of my relationship with Father God. And um, so little did I know <laughs> that it was one week later that I went on to a virtual call with my manager because my team that I was working with sat in Dubai and they announced to me that I'd been retrenched. Um, been with the company for 15 years. That whole company was my life. I was going to be there forever. <laughs> um, and, and just this impact and all of a sudden, my whole life had changed <laughs> in the middle. And, and it was quite a brutal retrenchment process because within 24 hours, I had signed the papers, given up my laptop, sent to my phone, <laughs> access card, sorry. <laughs> Couldn't even tell my customers that I'd been retrenched. Um, so it, it, was, it, was a, a it was like a huge thing that had happened. But, and like going through the, this period of sort of grief, I guess, <laughs> um, and realizing that my identity was so intertwined with this work that I was doing and having to start dealing with all of that and who I was outside of my work. Um, but that peace, that peace was there. And, and it's a, you know, when the Bible says that the peace that passes understanding, it was a deep knowing that everything was okay. Then when I signed the papers, the retrenchment sounded really good, <laughs> you know, because it was leave pay and then it was half my bonus that they were still owing me, plus uh, this, plus that, plus this, you know, so it kept adding up and adding up and, my, you know, the numbers started getting bigger and bigger. <laughs> um, and then it's got added into my bank account, and then I realized that, you know, SARS is very nice to you <laughs> when you get retrenched. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I, I was sitting with probably two years' worth of salary. I, <laughs> and I had, uh, uh, earlier that year, I had signed papers to buy my first apartment at the age of 48, so <laughs> anytime you... <laughs> And, and I, I, I had gone into it saying, Lord, how do I do this? How do I pay the lawyer's fees? How do I move into a house that's twice as big as my little garden cottage and not go into debt? I had a wonderful time. <laughs> lawyer's fees paid off, bought a little dining room set, <laughs> got my little coffee machine, <laughs> set myself up. <laughs> and... You know, growing up in, a, in a, a poor family, we couldn't afford education. So when I left school, I went straight into working and everything like that. And I had such a longing to study. <laughs> and I'd done a few things along the way, you know, when you're working. And I got to study. <laughs> so, and, and the, the things that I was studying were so different from what I would have done in my early 20s. So I was doing business analysis and all of these things, and so it was been an amazing time, but the deepest thing about that period of time was me being able to deeply um, lean into God 
and start hearing what he was saying and start dealing with things and just finding this place in my life where I realized that he was leading me to the cross where I had to actually die to myself and I found myself in a place where I was entering through the eye of the needle and I was finding myself in that secret place with God and there was just that incredible breakthrough of life and of just being able to know and understand God in a way that was just absolutely incredible. And so I just want to say that at the summary of, of what I've gone through and what my testimony is, is that these last two years has been a shaking. And I was shaken. But what has remained is the eternal rock of Christ. And that is worth anything <laughs> and giving up anything to be able to stand and know that you're on the eternal rock of Christ. And he is beautiful. He is amazing. He is glorious. And he's taking us forward into something that we cannot imagine. But it's for those who have been willing to lay down their lives, give their hearts to him, and fall in love with a saviour who is the lover of their soul. How amazing was that? I have my water bottle to keep me uh, steady. My testimony is very different, and my testimony is more about the art of neighbouring. So, church, I don't know if you know, but if you're in a, in a small group with a pastor, the, ch the risk of being volunteered for things like this is very big. <laughs> and if a pastor asks you, Petri, are you willing to go stand up there in front? You're not going to say no, right? Um, so, yeah. Um, and Pastor Roger, apologies. Last week, I was actually, my, my testimony is about last week in this church. And I walked out halfway through the sermon. And I hope you can forgive me for that. And if I explain, maybe you understand why. So, um, my family and I, we were on holiday for two weeks. And during this, we returned last week, weekend. On Sunday, we came to church, and we didn't sit on our usual place. And that's significant because we were sitting somewhere there, and it was baptism, you know, all the babies. I think it was the biggest one we've ever seen. It was packed here. Pastor Sai, you're growing your church organically. You weren't here, but it was messed. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and halfway through that, I noticed a young man in a, in a leather jacket entering and sitting on the corner there, and the Holy Spirit nudged me. And the Holy Spirit is the center of the story. And how this is different to the other testimonies is just the quiet nudging of the Holy Spirit and obedience to that. So I was sitting there, and Roger came on, and he started talking about the crippled man and the neighboring, being a good neighbor. And the Holy Spirit nudged me again, you need to talk to this guy. I'm like, okay, I'll talk to him. But first, let's get the service over. He said, no, now. And then I started having this debate in my head. It kind of went like this. I'm an accountant, guys. I like structure. And I like to have things happen at a certain time. This was not the time because Pastor Roger is going to do amazing things here in the sermon. He's going to have a message that's going to blow us away. We need to hear this. Now it's not the time. And then um, if that fails, there'll be a, for sure there will be an altar call. And if that's what the guy needs, he can come to the altar call. And failing that, there's amazing ministry with pastoral team here. I know what can I do? I'm not the guy. There's 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 backup plan on backup plan on backup plan. 
Holy Spirit said, no, now. So I said, I leaned over to the young man. I said, I, can't, I couldn't help but notice your anguish. Do you want to go and talk? Right there and then we walked out to the foyer and talk. And uh, um, the young man's story was this. He's an Uber driver. And um, he, he lent his car to a friend, not knowing that this friend was going to commit a crime with his car, an armed robbery. And um, he was in anguish, in turmoil. He didn't know what to do. He really did not know what to do. Now, my role wasn't there to take his problems away. My role was to support him. So I prayed for him a few times. Um, and I, I said, so w- what's going on in your life? And kind of tried to just speak into his life that he doesn't do foolish things that he'll regret later. He was at the fight or flight stage, and flight is not the answer. Then I said, I'll get you connected into a support structure, because that's what we can do as a church, and we can connect in. And I managed to, after he kind of left, I thought I lost him, talked to one of the the, um, the, 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 um, pastoral team, and we got him. I saw him again, and I managed to, I took his details, I connected them, and he's now being counseled and, and being kind of guided through this process. And that is, that is the power, guys. Anywhere, anytime, even right here in church, the Holy Spirit can tell you and we need to listen. We need to obey. And in the, in the small group, one of our members, and I think we should put it here below every nation, is he said, yes, the church is not a hotel for, for saints. I have to say this right. The church is not a hotel for saints. It's a hospital for sinners. And I think that's what we need to be. Thank you. Hi, church family. Um, I'm Kudzo. I'm 15, representing the youth. Yes. Um, so lately, I haven't been feeling well physically. I've just been like super weak. And at first, I gave into it, right? I was like, oh, I can't do this. You know teens are dramatic, hey? We will, we will faint. We will do the most. <laughs> Um, parents, no? Um, and I was just stuck in that headspace. I was giving into it. I was like, ah, my life is ending. This is it for me. <laughs> um, but then the Holy Spirit spoke to me, right? And he said, as a child of God, there's promises that I have for you. He said that there's things that I'm saying over you. Things that are blessings, protection, healing, revival. And God is like, all you have to do is claim those blessings, is receive them. He's like, no, this is, this is for you. All you have to do is say, thank you, Father, I receive it. And so now my mindset has changed. And I've been claiming those promises. He said he'll be the wall of fire around us. He says, I am the head and not the tail. And that he's singing over me each and every single moment. That God does not sleep or slumber because he's watching over us. And I'm claiming that. And I have received healing. I am now walking and I... (laughs) I'm hardly feeling weak. And as, a, as I continue just to trust in God and have faith that he will come through for me, he will heal me completely. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hi, everybody. My name is uh, Samaria. Uh, hi. Uh, just a very quick testimony. Uh, last year in August, I ended up with... 
COVID, which was a very bad uh, strain. And I was just about to be booked into the hospital. So the anxiety levels just shot right up. So I found my mom and she got together some intercessors to pray and prayer works, prayer does work. So the doctor had examined me and said, look, we've got to book you in. Uh, we'll send you for some x-rays and we'll wait for the results. And in that time, I think it was 30 minutes, uh, the results came back and it was clear. So we praise God for that. God is faithful. God is faithful. Uh, thereafter, I actually uh, struggled a lot with anxiety after COVID, and I ended up resigning from my job after seven years, uh, which I've really enjoyed, but I just felt that there was a shift that, need, that I needed to do. Uh, just a very quick background. Two years ago in March 2020, January 2020, they had corporate prayer upstairs, and uh, I attended that, and I received a prophecy from one of the very special ladies in the service, and it was about my job, and she says that God is going to move you soon into another job, and at that time, I was still in my current job. Uh, fast forward two years later, I resigned, and without anything in store, but if God gives you a word, please hold on to that word. God is faithful. His delays are never your, his denials. And uh, I resigned in, in November, and I just trusted God. I just put all my faith in the Lord, knowing that he has given me this word, and he is faithful to bring it to pass. Uh, keep on sowing. Keep on giving. Keep on doing what he has called you to do. He is faithful. And in February, just after a Janu uh, the, the, the fast, I received a call from an, an international uh, a major company, a corporate company, which had screened thousands of candidates for this position, and I, I, I was narrowed down to the last two. We went through four interview stages, and it was only the favor of the Lord that has opened the door. What he has opened, no man can shut. So I just want to give all the glory and all the praise to God. So if you are trusting God for something, he is faithful. He is a faithful father, and he will provide every need. And, you know, I love... Uh, the, the sister said that, uh, remember the Lord. It is he that gives you the ability. It's not our skills. It's not anything that we do, but it's all the favor and glory goes to Jesus. And I just want to uh, thank the Lord for that. Thank you. Isn't this amazing, right? I bet you we could go on and on and build our faith, right? Because I'm sure as you heard people sharing, you heard God's goodness and mercy in his life. Sigh. You know, we can, we've got lots of preachers uh, that can come, right? So the good news is, is that these kind of services we're going to do three or four times a year so we can get to know each other, build each other's faith. We won't let you know when they're happening so that you don't say, ah, I don't want to come, or I want to come for that service only. But four times a year, we're going to have these kind of Thanksgiving services where we hear from one another and build each other's faith. Uh, I was so encouraged by the 15-year-old that just says, you know, God is so dramatic. Hey, don't worry, we, we're just as dramatic when we're 40 as when we were 15. Um, just, so just slower, less energy, but we're still dramatic. Don't worry. Um, so before we, before we say goodbye to you, uh, God let you speak to somebody today for a particular reason, right? And so without going to that person now and praying, I want us to spend one minute, two minutes, thinking about the group of people you're with. Don't you want to pray for them? And ask God just to reach out and touch them. So let's spend one minute just praying for those people that we were with. Lord, I'm so grateful this morning 
that we can come out of the other side of this, the art of neighboring sermon series, Lord Father God, and be neighbors to one another this morning, Lord Father God. Father, I thank you for your spirit and your presence in this place as we celebrate your goodness over the last two years. Father, we thank you that you are a good God, no matter what has happened in our lives. And that as we look back, we can see your hand in the good times and the bad times. And Father, in years to come, when we talk about the lockdown, we will remember your goodness. We will remember your faithfulness, Lord Father. And Father, as I look around this auditorium, all I see are your beautiful, incredible children that you love so deeply. Father, won't you put your hand of blessing on each person here this morning? Won't people feel that when they walk out those doors that you've touched them in a unique way this morning, Lord Father God? Won't people feel ministered to this morning, Lord Father God? And won't you remind us that as we walk out of here, your goodness walks out with us. And so tomorrow when we're at work, when we're on the streets, when we're engaging with people and people ask you, what did you do this Sunday? We can talk about your goodness and how good you've been to your children, Lord Father God. And so, Father, we are so grateful for this incredible presence that is in this room right now, Lord Father God. It's almost like we want to linger a little bit more just sitting in your presence this morning, Lord Father God. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.